1: Heart and Hand is back for the season by Ladbrokes. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast, the podcast that hates it when people say we don't like to talk about referees, but. This week on Heart and Hand, we don't like to talk about referees, but. This season we have teamed up with Ladbrooks and we'll be bringing you plenty of specials. Our first is bet £5, get £20. This means if you deposit £5, Ladbrooks will add another £20 to your account. As a listener to this podcast, you can get this by following the link at bet.ibrocksrocks.com. That's bet.ibrocksrocks.com. We'll be tweeting this bet £5, get £20 link, adding it on our Facebook, and we've put it in the description of this podcast too. So welcome to Heart and Hand, just Podcast. My name's David Edgar and I'm joined this week by Pod Starwark, Pod Legend. Yes, it's Mr Scott Vandenacker.
0: Hi folks, it's great to be back and it's great not to be standing in a wind tunnel getting hit by a nest of bees.
1: Yes, but uh, although our our setup is much more professional these days and Scott and I have a certain sound quality, which is why we apologised at the sound quality of the last time Scott was on, um, you may hear what appears to be a snoring noise throughout this podcast and that's my dog, Maya, who, as I say, now now follows me everywhere. So um, she won't leave and uh, unfortunately Scott and I don't appear able to hold her interest and she's asleep.
0: And therefore she's probably like most of the rest. Of the listening public.
1: Boom and if you must,
0: boom. Oh, young David had another issue as well. He, he's not as well set up as he would like to be for this pod.
1: Yeah, my yeah. the the, the mm. PC that I use um, is, is very slow and Scott was suggesting a number of reasons for it, but I think we all know, lads, listening to this, why my laptop isn't maybe working as fast as it did... When I first got it,
0: are there certain files on it that perhaps.
1: Let's just say I wouldn't be handing it into PC World.
0: Ah, the Gary Glitter, as it's
1: known. No, I'm going to totally take it. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no! No, not literally. <laughs> no, everything's nice and legal and consensual. It's just, you know. Um,
0: Most, I, mostly consensual.
1: Red blooded male who, you know, has a lot of time on his hands. And, something, and a very big right arm And something in his hands, yeah it's, it's, yes. can, can, Can't be helped But uh, no, we're here now And uh, Scott, before we start Loads to talk about this week And people don't want to hear our drivel They want to hear us talk about the game But they're going to have to hear some of our drivel first Scott had a very good point about Dundee United Scorer on Saturday, Simon Murray, didn't you?
0: Yep, he led the line very well Appears a great signing And looks exactly like a Jim Henson creation But
1: not one of the good ones not one of like, the star Muppets or the star Sesame Street characters, but one of the
0: background, like the the sort of equivalent of a Muppet extra. Yeah, I mean, you expect him after the game get interviewed and his head would open. Mm-hmm. Like, and he, when he spoke, it was just very like that. Maybe somebody like in a band or in a background scene, like a waiter, that, that kind of Muppet. Yes,
1: exactly, he's that kind of Muppet. He's he's, he's not a Kermit or, or a Fozzie. Oh, oh, Kermit. You love Kermit, don't you? More than 99% of humans Kermit Kermit Bloke Gets sacked
0: After 26 years What the voice Yes Why Well Apparently he's always Been a dick Right Yeah And the guy who played him Was getting older And more even more cranky And crotchety And the official reason was He was leaving Post-it notes Around The dressing rooms And offices Which were increasingly rude And unacceptable To cast and crew
1: I think that being Kermit, though, should should bestow upon you a certain status. Well, you think he could do what he liked. He's Kermit. He's Kermit, exactly. I mean, who are these people to be, to be questioned? Although that means there's a job opportunity open. I mean, I could go for that. Although, well, m- my Kermit isn't bad, but what I, I'm really holding out for is you know the characters Bert and Ernie? Love them. Right. From Sesame Street, I do an absolutely brilliant Ernie. Are you ready? Yes. Hey, Bert.
0: That is fantastic.
1: Hey, bird. Yeah, and I, I also know he's um, the the words to his his most famous song. Robert Ducky, I'm awfully fond of you.
0: I could do that. Now, see if the if the Muppet whole the whole Muppet world operates at lower league Scottish football. Mm. You could fire in your CV.
1: Yes, I, I, I might may, may give it a try, um, Scott. I think we've done our best to avoid getting onto the subject of a rather painful defeat, but um, unfortunately, uh, listeners, we're gonna we're gonna have to get to it. Rangers, as as I'm sure you all know, lost three uh, two at home on Saturday to Hibbs. Uh, Rangers started the match very well, um, scored early on through the impressive Alfredo Morelos, who already I think is, and we'll come back to him already, is looking like a guy with a lot of potential for us. Should have been. Uh, arguably uh, three up in the opening 20 minutes, playing some lovely stuff. The aforementioned Simon Murray dragged, pretty much single-handedly dragged Hibs back into it with uh, a good individual goal, although some poor de- defending from us, and uh, I thought the keeper should have done better with that one. Hibbs were coming more into it at that point, I think it's fair to say, when Rangers had Ryan Jackson off and from there, almost immediately, Hibs spawned a, a fairly jammy second goal. Rangers didn't really recover until it was a bit too late. Hibs went 3-1 up in the second half, and all the Rangers rallied late, we lost. Now that, on paper, sounds the story of the game. Very simplistic, overly simplistic. Over the years, and there's lots of evidence to this, go back and, go back and listen. We at Heart and Hand have generally said about referees that they're not bent, they're bad. right? Scotland has substandard referees, especially when we're in the law divisions. You could see that. And we've always, I think Scott, said
0: we got away with one there. You know, I think we're honest about that, aren't we? A lot of the antidote, this pod is meant to be an antidote to a lot of things about Scottish football. And one of them was the everyone's against us thing. Yeah, And so, yeah, we generally try to see the refs are poorly positioned, they're not up with play. And, yeah, we try to, Lean quite heavily on the; they're just a bit shit yeah, approach, which it. is fairer and probably true a lot. probably yeah. a lot of times true.
1: And sometimes watching games at the time, you you know, you're angry and your you know, your blood's boiling. We get that; that's part of it. That's part of the attraction of football. But I've genuinely never felt coming coming out of Ibrox and calming down, and then going back and watching the game again for this as, uh, for the shows I always do. That. It was anything other than human error. It was just a bad performance. The referee had a stinker and there will be other times where we'll get a decision from from that self-same referee. It's just the way the cookie crumbles. I can honestly say that three or four days later and people have said, well, you're then you're accusing the referee of being a cheat. If he isn't a cheat, he is too incompetent to ever referee another professional football match at that level because John Beaton cheated 48,000 people out of seeing if their team could win a football match on Saturday. Now, I'm not saying we would have won it. I think we would have, but I'm not saying we would have. However, in the opening few minutes, I think it was after four or five minutes, Anthony Stokes uh, punches James Tavernier and then throws him to the ground. And both receive a yellow card. Not quite sure how that happened. Later on, there's that fracas that sees Ryan Jack sent off. Now, it doesn't look like Ryan Jack did much. People are saying from one angle, and I've seen it. It may appear that he does the jutting forward gesture. But there's no way that Beaton can't have seen that during this. Even if he does think it's a red card for Ryan Jack, that Anthony Stokes, who's on a yellow puts his hand on Ryan Jack's throat and shoves him back also the self same referee when ryan jack did last season do the butting motion um during a match during a match featuring rangers saw fit to yellow card him can you can you think what the difference was then scott well i would imagine the jersey color the jersey color and it continued with A string of baffling decisions, uh, including Alfredo Morelos being hauled down by Darren McGregor, um, again by the throat, and this somehow leading to Hibs getting a free kick. Alfredo Morelos being booked uh, and the referee breaking up his rhythm, and he was playing really well, but uh, breaking up his rhythm and I I think driving him to the point of frustration where his performance became less effective. Uh, and eventually book it for pu- pulling him up for everything, and eventually booking him and doing that thing where they point and say four or five fouls, whereas Hibbs Dylan McGeoch made six, seven fouls and didn't receive the same punishment. And then after he had, in fact, been booked, he brought down somebody, both him and Darren McGregor go for Alfredo Pena as he's bursting through, and McGeoch brings them down. The ref looks at both of them, sees McGeoch's on a yellow and books McGregor because he knows he then won't have to send him off. I honestly, in all my years of watching Rangers, well, since I was old enough to know better and didn't think, you know, referee cheating bastards kind of thing, I've never thought anything other than genuine human error. All I'll say then, if that match was all genuine human error, you're not, you can't be a referee John Beaton. You're not good enough. You can't ask people who are parting twenty five, thirty quid to attend a football match to be officiated by someone of your standard, if that is your genuine, honest best.
0: David and i's standpoint in this, it's quite clear that we were cheated specifically in deliberate for worst professional refereeing performances that anyone has yet seen by a referee that must and I mean must be taken off the Premier League pictures for this weekend and devoted and then investigated. He's either incompetent to the point of, and I mean, he was refereeing the match in a way deliberately from the start to influence the outcome. And the SPL and the SFA have to look at this as one of the two.
1: There, there was nothing that you could you could do watching the match other than just throw your hands up and say that, that we are not going to be allowed to win this game. And I know what we sound like, and I do understand, and you know, for the. Non-Rangers fans listening in, I, I, you're right, all the stuff we've accused other teams of over the year, um, you're right, and it's not a it's not a pose I take lightly or one that I enjoy having, but that was the first match ever where I felt that there, there was nothing, and you could see that it got to the players, because it wasn't even a case of us not getting 50-50s, we, we weren't getting 80-20s, um, it, it just was the most one-sided, blatant display I've ever seen, and, for the club to have not made a bigger thing of it, I think is a mistake. And that leads us on to our second point. The Hibs manager, Gollum's both Neil Lennon. A snarling, man-sized vagina with teeth. Not a very pleasant fellow. And he doesn't like us, and we don't like him. And that's, that's the way of the world, that's the way it's always going to be. After Hibs scored... Lennon turned round to the Rangers support and cupped his ears, did a get it right up you gesture, there was some talk that the the police contacted the fourth official about it, Rangers fans complained to the police and it led to a statement by Club 1872 um, who suggested that Lennon incited the crowd and it could have started a riot. Scott, your thoughts on it before I give you mine because I don't think mine's going to be that popular.
0: Neil Lennon is a scrotum wearing a tracksuit with NL on the side but I don't think he's the issue and I don't think the club and Club 1872 should be wasting their resources and time albeit the club haven't done anything at all. I think the target should remain the referee which is what cost us the game. Neil Lennon being a cock didn't cost us any points or any goals or or any momentum in the game. I think it is a bit of a sideways look at what happened on Saturday and it's sort of Allowed, in my opinion, which could be wrong, I think it allowed a lot of people to build up the old poor old Lenny and not mention the referee. And I think that the club and club 1872 and the fans have to retain their focus on John Beaton's performance and what it entails for Scottish football. I don't think we get sidetracked because attacking New Lennon lets as many 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 supporters in the media go back to poor wee Lenny. He's always picked on by the Huns, which is one of their favourite albums.
1: That, that was it. So, I mean,
0: what do you think, David? What's your take on on the response from the club? Um,
1: I think, firstly, and as I say, I, I generally kind of stay out of the club 1872 business because I think, you know, given my past, I think I could be like, you know, the, the ghost from Christmas past and I don't think it's helpful. However, firstly, that's the fourth statement they've made in six weeks. That's too many um that that's far far too many i think you know when when we were at the trust we, we maybe made that many over the course of two or three years because you want people to come to you for comment and it runs the risk of when you're putting out i think fairly pointless statements like this one which read just like a stream of consciousness from an angry fan i think it it then, when you come up with a genuinely important one, like they did a few weeks ago for the title stripping, I think that you then run the risk of turning people off to your important stuff. It's you know the boy who cried wolf, all that kind of thing. That um, they're too long. They're not press releases. They're essays, and they read like website articles to me rather than genuine. You know statements from from a fans group. I didn't like it. Um, firstly, for the main reason, the one you discussed, it took the attention off where the attention should have been, which was the refereeing performance. Um, within 24 hours, uh, Beaton was off the hook completely. Yes, he's been demoted for one week, and then it's forgotten about. And John Beaton will be taking a Rangers game in a few weeks, and that's that's poor. But as you say, even if they hadn't known that was what was going to happen, they would then know that. They they should have known that it was then going to allow Neil Lennon and his many cheerleaders to, to play the victim card, which he loves doing, he's very good at it. The other thing about it is, Neil Lennon acting like a fanny is not Man Bites Dog. Neil Lennon doesn't like us, and we don't like him, and that's fair enough. And we give him dog's abuse. And then when he scored, he turned round and gave us a bit back. Now, I know that people out there are going, oh, but Andy Halliday got sent off and they said, we we could have incited a riot thing. Yep, and it was pish then and it's pish now. If you can't take somebody cupping their ear to you or even giving you that gesture, then you can't complain about things like the offensive behaviour at Football Act. Yes, it's a horrible lot. Yes, you should be able to kind of sing what you like. It's up to you um, and all that kind of thing. But you can't argue that if you're then going to be offended at that. I wasn't offended at him doing it. I was annoyed and I I hated him in that second because his team had scored. That's what annoyed me. And he was happy. This wee shite was happy, and I wasn't. The only way you beat that is by beating him on the park. It's not by going to the cops, and I just it, it's not for me. I also hate the fact that a fans group used the phrase could have started a riot. That is one of those phrases that goes right up my arsehole sideways with a spike on. Because what it, it suggests, whether you mean it or not, is that the crowd are this mass, angry, seething mob who are one second, one incident away from losing all control and and starting a riot. That's not the Rangers' support. That That's not us. So for a fans group to say that, I felt was particularly disappointing. And it's almost self-disrespecting to say that it couldn't have started a riot because we're not like that. We don't pour onto pitches and and behave like animals. Um, The the only time Rangers fans have have been on a pitch in years was to defend their players when they were being attacked. So don't make out you, you feed in to to, to to people who hate us. You're feeding them because you're saying, yeah, "Yeah, yeah, we're this uncontrollable mass of of people with absolutely no impulse control," and I and I hate it. The other thing is, people are saying, "Well, you know, a manager should have more class." You're absolutely right, and aren't you glad that we don't have one like that? I just I, I, the whole thing is, you said Neil Lennon didn't cost us that game on Saturday. The referee did. Neil Lennon's a little shite and he hates us, we hate him, it will always be the case, he gets abuse at Ibrox and let's be honest, we also know that some of the abuse he gets isn't, shall we say, good natured. Um, He gave us a bit back, if you can't handle that, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, Um, it's just not for me, the idea of running to the police and the justification for it of saying, "I will they do that? No not good enough I don't want us to turn the other cheek as people say but fight battles that are important this isn't this is a sideshow and not only is it a sideshow it's one that we've entirely focused on and then let the real villain the guy who did cheat us away with it
0: I think club we seems to have to be careful what the club should probably do and I think the fans might appreciate it, would be to have asked specifically what was going to be done at what was said, maybe at a debriefing almost, and they should have complained officially about the refereeing performance. As it is, I think you're right, you'll vanish, you'll do East Fife, be, you know, cloud and beef, and then he will come back and it'll all be forgotten about. I think the clubs shrank at of what the refereeing display was about. But that's the club. Sometimes the club at the moment are just letting things pass so long that a statement becomes a bit pointless, even if it's made. I think we would realise that that's probably all that's going to happen now. Um, and we'll have to move on to the next game. Um, there are tactical issues to talk about from Saturday. I suppose a lot of fans aren't receptive to that, about how we played. And that's understandable because we're all raw and we're all cut up about what happened. Um, and I wonder what your thoughts were. David, can you do from the referee? Or was it all just... Was our winning made too difficult by Beaton's terrible performance?
1: Yes, um, it was... I I don't know how the game would have gone, but because of the way it was refereed, it's impossible to tell. Um, I've I've seen some people say things like, Hibs were on top when Ryan Jack was sent off. No, no, they weren't. They had come back into it, but improving from being totally out of it to competing is not on top. It's an improvement, um, and some people have confused that with Hibs being on top. They weren't. The game was, at best, 50-50 at that point. So... I think Rangers have shown a tendency, even already um, this season, to start off really well and slow down a bit. So who knows? But I'd said on the Friday that I felt Rangers would would eke out a tough 2-1 victory and that's probably what I would have gone for. But if we were a goal up and Stokes was sent off as he should have been after five minutes, then you'd have to say you'd be supremely confident of us going and getting it. I also think that the players reacted a little... I think that they got frustrated because they knew that they weren't going to be allowed to to build up any head of steam, and you could see that it was starting to affect them. And the amount of players who were approaching the referee at various points is, is not something that's usually seen at Ibrox. And even at the end, you could see them... You know, ask him for an explanation Bruno Alves just looked utterly puzzled he must have been thinking you know, what the hell is this and this is a guy who's played in Italy he's used to seeing referees that are a bit questionable
0: yeah I think perhaps I was more I wasn't entirely sure about what happened with substitutions um, I've personally in the of um, but I was just thought about bringing Rossiter on trying to keep the midfield if not flooded then man from him stayed in the game at 2-1 as long as possible trying to nick something obviously from set pieces and only Trushing later in the game I think surrendering Midfield to go direct Was not something I, I think should have been done As early as 45 minutes I found that quite baffling The love dropping deep With Herrera left up front of his own I, I didn't Couldn't quite see What was happening
1: I think that you could argue that I think you could definitely argue That the substitutions were poor And I think it's a legitimate concern About Pedro Cuchina, um That people have You're one of them About his substitutions But I just think that this game I, <sighs> I think this game can't be added in or taken as evidence. I think it really has to be treated in isolation because the circumstances around it were so unique, hopefully, hopefully we never see a performance like that again from a referee, that it becomes hard to tell. I've seen some ridiculous things like, oh, we should still be able to beat Hibs at home and all this shit. Hibs are a good side, right? Oh, they're a newly promoted team. So were we last season and we expected to do things. Hibs are a good team, right? We're not good enough at the moment to beat good teams with 10 men. And this kind of, oh, but we're Rangers' attitude, just saying it doesn't make it so. I think we've got a decent team. And and actually, for you know the kind of classless bastard that he is, Lennon's comments after the match seemed to suggest that and that he felt that was the case too. But we're not strong enough to go 60 minutes against a side full of confidence, getting every decision and beat them. I agree. I would have put Rossiter on and I would probably have gone 4 4 but you know, if he'd done that, would people have said he was trying to hang on for a draw?
0: It would have been better than defeat, though.
1: Yeah, but what if he hadn't? What if he hadn't managed it? You know, what if he puts Rossiter on and we sit back and we defend and then had score in the last five minutes? He's going to get slaughtered. Um, this is what I mean. The the situation had been taken out of our hands at that point.
0: Yeah, I just think obviously there's still some worrying signs, but yeah, I think ultimately this team we have to set it aside and see what the the fallout is. See if anything more happens, and see if anything actually comes out of this. If the performance is investigated, and uh, we have to hope that on Saturday nothing like this can happen again. Surely, even if it was deliberate, they wouldn't, there wouldn't be no chance that that will happen against Hearts. You would think.
1: No, we we you, you just you just hope the referee comes along and referees the game and doesn't look to create incidents where none had. I mean, it was obviously a high tempo game. Stokes should have been sent off. Uh, the thing is, even if he'd done the Jack thing and he'd sent Stokes off at the same time then you would have been thinking, okay, fair enough. Um, but but how McGregor ended up staying on, how McGeoch ended up staying on, it, it, it baffled belief. And then there were other games on Saturday. Craig Thompson's been relegated to the lower division. Scotland has a refereeing problem. And one of the issues, Scott, is that we never address it because... If you criticise referees, the the SFA come out and say, oh, they have a tough job, it's impossible to do Yes, it is, but they get a £1,000 a game for doing it, and they want to do it. So don't give me that pish about, oh, it's a tough game and loads of abuse. They want to do it. And they're doing it badly, and it's affecting us. And me personally, I don't like the idea, incidentally, of they're demoted for a week, because I think that just says to people who are paying their hard-earned cash, okay, less people, but people who are paying their hard-earned cash to go in and see a championship game, they're saying... Here's these two complete fucking blunderbusses who made such an arse of it last week. We're taking them away from the big game, but they can fuck up your Diddy match. I think the referee should be taken out completely... Beaton's case no no don't I'm joking Um, should be taken out of of refereeing (laughs) as a punishment for a week or whatever and you know that they're going to be made to watch the game and told what they did wrong and and you know the way that almost if you like when you know you, you need to go on a driving safety course if you rack up too many points that kind of thing I think just sending them to a less glamorous game where they can make where their mistakes if they happen will only happen in front of a few hundred uh, to me, that that's an insult to the clubs that it's happening to and not a big enough incentive to the referee to improve. And as I say, people say things like, oh, it's a tough job, would you want to do it? No, hence why I wouldn't put myself forward for it. They have, they get paid for it, they get paid a decent amount of money for it, they have to be better at it.
0: And also, at the weekend, because of the mortals, still get paid. And I think you're right, that's not really a punishment, get a different type of Especially as you say, there's not actually a lot from it you get demoted for a and then nothing more is said about the game you fucked up oh, yeah. I don't really understand what they learned from that experience I don't really see how they're punished no
1: they're, they're not punished It's if, if you like it's it's almost like a public shaming so if you're going to do that then do it take the say that they won't be allowed to officiate this weekend because demoting them is, is a public shaming that's what you're doing take them out Tell them, look, you need to go through this with a, a former referee or whatever, or a, a referee from a country where they have referees who know what they're fucking doing, and um, that's your punishment. But there's a tendency for the the SFA and the, the the match officials to just sort of you know pull together, which I do understand. But because the the SFA is so sensitive of criticism to referees, they they don't allow any. I, I think that that's an unhelpful thing, and you know, again, it comes back to you're charging people to get into these games. It was a lot of money. Beaten should have been made to explain those decisions to the public. At the end of the day, we're customers, over and above being supporters and all the rest of it. We paid yeah, money. Taking,
0: yeah, I'm saying if he's getting paid for it, you're right. He he didn't he didn't step over for fame. favour and say look, lads, I'll give it a go. I'm not much of a ref. He's getting paid to do this, and therefore. Oh yeah, she'd have to explain when he fucks up. Same as anybody would. Anyone who does a job and fucks up would have to go to the boss and explain precisely why they had. I just don't understand why they're taking out the firing line and then put back in the firing line with no reflection on the game they ruined. And benefit Scottish football or them? It's, it's baffling what they're trying to on the firing line from one week. Thing I don't. I personally baffles me as to who benefits from it. So it
1: was a pretty painful week, and it's it's engendered some soul searching. Um as I say, I mean, losing to Hibs is never is never acceptable, especially at home. There's, you know, there's obviously the bad feeling from the cup final. We wanted to beat them. Positive signs, I think, are that, you know, the, the team do look decent in an attacking sense. Still concerns about the defence. I think you're right, you know, the substitutions are something that we can discuss. But um, Morelos in particular, Scott, though, does look like a real, you know, a real... Beam of light at the moment
0: He's he's the first player I think since Warburton first arrived And the sort of thing about Getting young players in We'll make them better And we'll sell them on And they'll prove to be He's the first one you can actually see He might have been A bit of an unpolished diamond We might have actually found Someone who will End up being sold on For more money He does look a good striker Very raw But he does look Like he knows The back of the net is And if he can get to 20 goals this season, 15, 20 goals. Yeah, I think he looks like he could be the real deal. He does look that way to me. I like him a lot.
1: Okay then, folks. Well, Scott and I, as you can probably tell, are experiencing technical difficulties. It seems uh, we're a bit cursed uh, at the moment. So what we're going to do then is just uh, move on with a due sense of dread to this week's Sporting Integrity Award. The Sporting Integrity Award is when we look round the world of sport and see who's made the biggest arsehole of themselves over the past seven days. Yes, it's Neil Lennon and John Beaton. We know that. But we want to see who ends up on the podium next to them. So, Scott, can you give us the runners and riders?
0: First of all, David will confirm in a moment, folks, it's fucking me. Yes. Uh, it really is
1: me. It really was, Scott. The reason that the first half of this pod sounds so bad is Scott.
0: It is. I just found out it was me. Yes.
1: Um, and it's good because he fought a really a really hard fight to say it wasn't him, but it was. And the reason that it sounded so bad the other week was, Scott, he's a knob.
0: Technology. Well, David did say that I can't be trusted not to break the interweb or myself, and he's right.
1: Somebody asked me the I, other I day what what would happen to the pod if I died, who would I leave it to? And I said, g- giving it to you would be, or a friend said to me, giving it to you would be the equivalent of asking Father Dougal to do a funeral.
0: Yes. I, I just can't be trusted I mean, I can't To be honest, I can't really work Skype Or computers Or microphones So why I volunteer to do a pod I've got absolutely no idea Or but
1: find your ass with both hands
0: I managed that earlier this morning
1: mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd need um, to see photographic proof Anyway, right. moving on You wouldn't,
0: you wouldn't, you wouldn't, <laughs> I, wouldn't <want> <laughs> I wouldn't want to see it no. It's a fair but point Today, we've got, these are the runners and riders David, we have an Italian legend stroke nutter <laughs> Always my friend Listen, always like Italian legend stroke nutters um, a uh, Wiley German,
1: yeah,
0: like uh, like like Rommel. Yes, a Wiley German, probably less destructive to the Eighth Army and more football related. Okay, yeah, but like, oh. okay, you hear, uh, you hear uh, Wiley German, you think Rommel? You do, don't you? Yeah, um, never really a Nazi. That's what everyone always says. Rommel, he wasn't really a Nazi. Yeah, he he was a nice, nice Nazi. <laughs> Killed lots of folk He wasn't, he wasn't a Nazi Yeah a, a pole A pole but not called Volta Oh okay Disappointingly And a And a knight knightess of the realm A dame of the realm A dame of the realm Not a dame As
1: in a 1930s Sort of Noir detective thing You know I know the moment She walked in a room She was danger That kind of thing
0: No Nor also a dame Like Amanda subs a lady In a pantomime Or Elaine C. Smith In a pantomime
1: <laughs> I know that shouldn't have tickled me But yeah, you're right It's very difficult to tell the difference Between Christopher Biggins dressed up as a woman And Elaine C. Smith dressed up as a woman And it genuine, <laughs> genuinely is I'm picturing yeah. them now And you're like, yep, yeah Elaine <laughs> C. Smith
0: looks as a man dressed up as a she lady does. She does, she looks like a pantomime dame So there folks now, that's an image you'll never lose Um so let me start with a wily German that isn't Rommel. Okay, if I may. Okay, um, he's called Christian Heidel, and he's the chief executive officer of Schalke. Okay, okay, cool. Big club. It's he b- decided big underrated club. They,
1: get eighty thousand. You know, every we never really think of them over
0: here, but they should do better than they do. Do you know what they are? They're not Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, yeah. They, that's they, what annoys the fans. Yeah, yeah. Basically, they're the exact same as Borussia. They're t- Dor- traditionally as big if not bigger, but they're not as famous in the world. Or. British O'Donnell did a kind of Liverpool-y thing, you know, oh, everyone loves us. And child kids can't get a look in despite being a massive, huge club. But Christian Heidel decided that finding youngsters these days, well, players in general, was a bit pointless because they were minted, right? Hmm. So he decided a novel way of punishing those who blame club rules, and I like this a lot. Although, I think you'd be able to riff a bit on what the punishment is, bearing in mind our current situation. But he punished them by making them work in the club shop. Well, that's quite a good idea. So you can't hit them with fines, they're all too rich.
1: Yeah, there's, there's no point taking five grand off Ten a guy punishment. and
0: 25 it grand It could even a happen on a day off. Yes, sensible. No, so they make them work at club shop on the time off, even if it was a free day. Now, the problem with that, of course, for Rangers would be, what would they do until October? Yes,
1: exactly. I was going to say, they could work at the club shop, and all they would need to do is, uh, it'll be in October, mate. It'll be in October, mate. Check back in October,
0: mate. That's that's literally it. Just hold a sign in place. It's our old friend Antonio Cassano, thirty-five-year-old striker, came back after injury and decided to join, Hellas Verona. season oh, seasonally. However, eight days after the job, oh, yes, great team, great book. Um, he eight days after joining them, he changed his mind and said he's retiring from football.
1: That's a bit annoying. I hate when football. Next foot
0: day, he, yeah, I know. They, you think they're going to retire and no, oh joining you then they're not joining you a bit like Jardell they
1: they do it a lot in Championship Manager and it drives you fucking nuts but anyway
0: can you not stop them because you sort of control the game no
1: no because when they retire that's them out the game
0: oh well so eight days later he said he's retiring from football however try and stick with us David okay the day after that he came back to football and said "Verona fans he was committed to the club and would score many goals for them okay then the next day after that, <laughs> he, walked, <laughs> yes, true, he walked away again, saying, I've reflected on it. In the end, I've decided that Antonio Cassano will not play football anymore for anyone. That's it.
1: That's the and now anyway, he has retired. That's the kind of thing that I would have laughed at uh, probably a lot more heartily a few years ago. But that's the kind of thing that would have happened to us in the lower divisions.
0: Yes, it's it's the kind of thing that happens... When things aren't quite right At your club And you've got a mentalist Italian striker Yep So he Joined Verona Unjoined Verona Rejoined Verona Fully committed And then unjoined them The next day after that again In the space of three days Uh, That's magnificent And he also ended of course By speaking about himself In the third person Even better
1: Um, To be honest Scott Any other week He'd be walking away with it But We know You know It's shared between Beaten and Lennon But anyway Moving on Well
0: well, okay I'm I'll try I'll try again. We're going to a Polish legend, Zbigniew Boniek. Oh yes, yes. Classy player. He's a classy is he a classy man though, David? Only you can decide. Go on. He, he was elected to the new FIFA board. The new, he stepped up to join the new clean clean FIFA no. executive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Seems awful <laughs> like the old one. <laughs> uh, yes. And, and just before he was elected, he tweeted Without exaggeration, when we talk about football, any of us together, a woman's input is completely useless
1: that's d- disgraceful and disgusting, and you know I'm not in any way shape or form condoning that, but it's
0: true. yeah, but yeah, um, Bonioch told critics later. it was a joke, of course, you didn't get it, not everyone is intelligence to get as a big name joke. I like that that's kind of thing I'd say but then two so two weeks later after this. Uh, Twitter, 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 Twitter. he did get his seat on the UEFA board and he decided to tell the Polish press about why he'd wanted and you know David I'm hoping as are you that in this new era for FIFA it's to clean up the game yes for grassroots football in Poland hopefully to also make football be a voice against violence and, and racism and people smuggling but, but it's not
1: that's a shame it's not,
0: not it's sure, a shame do you know what it's for? but a shame what's it for? what's it for? I suppose it's a bit about vanity, yes. And I suppose it's really convenient too. When you're on the committee, if you want to go to Real v Bayern, you call them up and the next day you have a plane, hotel, and tickets. Voila, it's awesome. It's also <laughs> attractive. Also attractive, I get a six-figure salary for part-time hours. And you know me, I love golf and horse riding. <laughs> <laughs> it's, That's fantastic. It's... It's the most honestly brilliant interview I've ever seen it in my life. It's
1: well, just, we we always say we want more and more, more honesty from from those at the top.
0: So I mean, at least he's not sugarcoating it. No, so that's big now. of reasons for uh, joining uh, FIFA, and I'm going to end with something that is a bit upsetting, actually, David. More than more than amusing. Um, I get involved in a bit of a online sort of spat with uh, Dame Helen Mirren. What today? I know. I know. It, I know that she's got a knighthood or... A and I know she's it, Or a damehood or whatever, yeah. And I, I, I know she shouldn't have, but I'm sorry. How did this I, happen? Gonna, well, Dame Helen Warren posted online that when she looks back at the 70s and 80s, she thinks her tits were too big. Her tits were too big? Yeah. I didn't Once know, know that started was, a, was thing. a young actress. No. So I decided to... This is where the internet bit comes in, and... I decided to check online whether that was true.
1: And what were your conclusions so- after the scientific experiment?
0: I'm, so- I'm sorry, David, I did not even have to say this, because I love her stuff, I love her stuff over the years. She's such a wonderful actress, but she's also just a lying bastard. Were her tits, her tits perfectly tits reasonably sized? Absolutely magnificent. There's nothing wrong with them at all back then. Well, well I mean, how can did you tell her this? Well, well, no. I mean, when I say I was involved in an internet spat, it was mainly one-sided. It was me, mainly. She doesn't know this, but... Right.
1: And what were you internet spitting?
0: Well, I think possibly that's for me to know and you to find out. It was a Dutch uh, tea break, as you've so, recently well, known.
1: Aren't all your tea breaks a Dutch tea break?
0: Yeah, but not, not all literally. Oh, right, okay. Well, um, it's, like, it's like when I say to Elaine we're on holiday, or the kids, if we doing blind man's buff and I give them a Dutch blindfold, it can't be literally. Yeah,
1: no, And in your case it's, it's true. And same if you fart in bed, it's a Dutch oven, but if you were to buy an oven, it's a
0: Dutch oven Yeah and it can't all be little I can't go into a shop and say can I have a Dutch oven Because then somebody might fart under a duvet in a shop And it's just too complicated just, So it can't all be little David can't It's, all be it's
1: little. too much We actually don't make enough play at the fact you've got a, a daft name do we We really should you know, try and get um, more out of that It's
0: taken you about six years and about 200 episodes to mention a Dutch oven
1: Yeah I don't think it has mate I think we've mentioned it before the best one, of course. The the best one, of course, is the duck blindfold, which is when you place when a gentleman places his testicles into uh, one into each of his wife's eye socket. Yeah, wakes it up and then she's like, "Ah, I've gone blind." <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> ah, my eyes have gone all hairy. Yeah, and in fact. She hasn't gone blind. She has She just has. She just has a man's testicles in her eyes. Well, we're Scott, the, the audience are crying out for John Beaton and Neil Lennon, and we're going to give them their own sort of separate, you know, street of shame this week. But I think definitely, The a big new Boniac would deserve something in the po- He would, he would be getting a kind of swap shop pen through the post. Um, in any other week, oh, I'm going to write to him and say, Spigniew, In any other week, big man. You do, yeah. You know, we'll send you a t-shirt. A cyber yeah. t-shirt Not not a real t-shirt we'll He's going to have to walk t-shirt. past the speedboat and As we show him what he could have won Yes exactly But uh, yeah. congratulations to Zubigny Boniek uh, Neil Lennon and John Beaton You're this week's Sporting Integrity Award winners So that's it then from Heart and Hand uh, this week Uh, all that remains for me to do is to thank our executive producer in London Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers to thank my guest this evening Mr Scott Vandenacker
0: If I ever fuck up the technical side of this pod again You can all punch me in the face on the 25th of August, okay? uh,
1: Um, uh, That's nicely said, big man. Uh, Just to remind everybody that bought tickets for the 25th of August, tickets are not sent out. Your name will be on the door. So uh, if you uh, have any concerns that your tickets haven't arrived, they're not going to. Your name will be on the door. So uh, we're looking forward to seeing all of you that night. Uh, I've been busy collecting prizes for the raffle, and I've got some crackers, including a signed George Alberts jersey. Yeah,
0: ooh, A eh, 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 eh. Uh, 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 framed and signed picture of Pedro Cashina. I'm going to try and get a. F- I should probably get a signed frame picture of uh, Dame Helen Morren's tits in the '70s, shouldn't I? Yes,
1: yeah, absolutely. I'll write you. <laughs> <Just says>. Right on <laughs> to saying, just say like Dame Dame Helen, big fan, big fan, <laughs> yeah. love jim Prime Suspect. Any chance of a big photo of your tits? Signed For the raffle mean the lads Are doing <laughs> yeah, is this kinda, yeah, It's kind of Don't ask It's kind of For charity
0: In a way it is And uh, I'm sure she, I know she has a lot Of work for charity So, so you, you never know You don't ask You don't get And probably you don't If you do ask You probably do get Prison time <laughs> Yes exactly Okay folks
1: Thanks for listening My name's David Edgar And I'll talk to you Later this week Cheers Bye <music> Mountain Hand is backed for the season by Ladbrokes. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ha ha in my dentist's office.